<laughs> it is the Locked On Big 12 roundtable this week. It is Josh Neighbors, myself, Drake Toll, and Jonathan Davis. Two of the biggest homers on our entire network have joined me tonight. These two guys love their respective schools, Baylor <laughs> and Texas. will be giving thoughts on their big contest this week and also talking about some college football playoff expansion as well. That's coming up on today's show. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Locked On Big 12 roundtable. Quick note from me, guys, make sure you all subscribe to the channel. We are pushing to 2,000 as fast as we can. So subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. We need to get that shit up to 2,000. Come on, folks. Push it. Let's go. Push it. Let's do it. It's free. It's free, man. I it's promise. It's free. It's free content. Five plus days a week. We're in your feed on YouTube, giving you Big 12 conference realignment, college football playoff. Oh, yeah. Game breakdowns, all that kind of stuff. All right. Drake Toll is here. Jonathan Davis is here. Locked on Baylor. Locked on, what is it, Longhorns? I, see, here's the problem, guys. You know so what no, it is. Locked on no, Longhorns. Here's the problem. Some of the shows are like locked on Bears. So, you know, like our friend uh, our friend Jake Hatch is locked on Cougars. Cougs. Right? Yeah. Like it's Because he got a cease and desist from BYU. Locked, locked, on locked on Longhorns. Locked on Longhorns. Locked on Longhorns. All right. So, guys, we got the news last week. The college football playoff was uh, expanding. I mean, you know, better late than never, I guess. I, I thought the best part of this was when – I think it was Ross Dellinger went to our old friend, Bob Bowlesby, old commissioner of the big 12 and was like, you know, what do you think about this? And he's just like, what, I mean, what am I supposed to think about this? You know, kind of rolled his eyes and said, negotiating this stuff with the conference commissioners was absolute hell, but really Drake, I saw Dave Aranda commented on this today. I mean, this is so dumb. We had to wait for this, for this long. It was inevitable. At some point, this had to happen. In it, When you bring a playoff to four teams, it's not sustainable to, to do it for decades. It's killing college football in that look at bowl attendances across the board. The Rose Bowl is at all-time low attendance. No one cares about bowl games anymore. I had this talked about this on my show yesterday. It, it's all about revenue at this point, and they're losing so much revenue in these New Year's Six Bowl games that don't matter near as much. I was at Baylor and Georgia in 2019. There were like 15 people there. The janitorial staff outnumbered the fans that were there. Why would they care? Georgia wanted to be in the college ball playoff. Baylor wanted the same. Both those teams had those aspirations, and when you don't make it, people stop caring. They don't want to travel when you don't have a national title on the line. So it's a new era of college football with the playoff. If you want to make a lot of money, put 12 teams in it. That adds eight new games in the late season. Does it add more parity to college football? No. The same two teams are going to win it every damn year. But who cares? Now you get more games that people actually have an opportunity to play for a national championship. Thank you. I, people have been saying this. Uh-huh. Like, look at the same teams. It doesn't really matter. But, Jonathan, the weird part about all of this is you go back to the move for Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC when it was announced. And that's when all this started. And I'm not saying it's their fault. I actually don't think it's their fault at all. But the ACC, the Pac-12, and the Big Ten, in response to this move, initially they didn't seek out more teams, which they all should have. They didn't look to, you know, kind of make the next move. What they all did together was they formed a block and they decided to vote against expansion for for reasons that are, you know, Jim Phillips mentioned we didn't have a 365 day calendar. What does that mean? I don't know. I've got no clue what that means at all. 
there's some issues with transfer portal, NI on all that stuff. But like, it's isn't it odd to think Texas and OU to the SEC informed the decision to block it at first, and it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense when you think about it. Yeah, it doesn't make a lot of sense at all. And look, I'm all for the 12 team playoff. Anything that gives Texas a better chance of returning <laughs> right. to glory, look, I'm all for it, right? right. Uh, you know, but right. I mean, like like Drake said, it it's long overdue, right? Anything that um, is going to keep fans invested late into the season, and look, we know that uh, you know the championship for the next four years might look like Georgia, Alabama, Alabama, Georgia. You know, it's our team here. Right. But either way, look, four teams is not sustainable. You, and then every year you're going to have a snub at five, a snub at six, maybe a team at seven that should have got in. At least now with 12, look at the 13th team in the country wants to raise hell. Look, shut up. You know what I mean? Yeah, so right, teams, right. It's like, like, like win one more game. Win one more game. <laughs> yeah, right. Thank you. Exactly. Right. So right, right. like this, like this was long overdue. It's good for college football. It's going to keep fans invested, uh, you know, longer in the season. It's going to give us more meaningful games. And all the talk about the regular season not being as important now. Look, I just I don't buy into it. The 12 team playoff is going to be good for college football. Uh, and, you know, they're already moving towards, you know, the players are moving towards professional. They're, they're getting away from the amateurism anyway. So it made sense to go towards a professional style playoff. And so college football That's- is finally on the right track. Yeah. Beautiful. You, you hit the nail on the head. It doesn't kill the regular season because you know what does? A 14 playoff. Here's why. Utah just lost to Florida. They're not going to the playoff. Their next 11 games don't matter. Now you're killing the regular season by not giving a team a mulligan. The NFL, you can lose eight games and still win the Super Bowl. I'm well, not saying college football. Drake, yeah. it's a good point. Also, to, to his other point, right? Like, like the NFL, when they added the extra wild card, they're not like, you know what? There's one more team worthy of winning a Super Bowl. Yeah. No, it's because they want more games. It's because <laughs> they want more games. Not because they think the Bears can make it at 7-8. and eight. Right. Like, And more money. And you, you get that in college right. football now. It, it's the idea that, hey, my team lost a game. We can still show up to the stadium because they could still go to the playoff. If your team, Utah loses to Florida, well, there's your season. That sucks. That's why people don't show up anymore. Uh, On top of that, look at the kids from number seven, Florida, any given year. They're like, man, I'm a a first-round draft pick, a D-tackle. I'm not playing in the Rose Bowl or the whatever. Hit Michigan State last year. Oh, d- dude, 100%. That goes away. Now those two teams are playing for a national championship and all their guys show up. Not only that, your first four games, your eight play-in games, are going to be really good matchups. Last year, Ole Miss and Oklahoma State would have been an awesome game. Or your Notre Dame versus Pitt. Those are really good matchups that you now bring into a scenario where they can vie for a title. Why wouldn't you do that? Right. And it's, and here's the, like the, the argument I've kept hearing is about, oh, you're sacrificing excellence for the sake of access. Well, we all know the same teams are going to be there, but here's the thing is like when your product is, it's not stale, but when we can expect something that's the same at the top every year, like this, this only helps because look, it's six automatic bids guys, ostensibly speaking, like, you could recruit at Tulsa and being like, look, if we rip off 11 wins at Tulsa mm. or, you know, and we win the conference title, like the golden hurricane are going to the playoff people. I mean, coastal Carolina, those degenerates down in Myrtle beach could be like, you know, if we go 12 and 0, we're going to a college football playoff. Think about the amount of access and the cool stories it creates. You know what? Your excellence crap. Save it. We're still going to get those. Ga- also, we're going to get those games anyway. Sure. You know, Ohio State, Michigan on the weekend might not mean as much, but you're going to tell me those teams, Jonathan, are just going to punt because you know the game. You know yeah. they're both in. Oh, so 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 somebody's going to give give ground that Ohio State, Michigan, because they're both making the playoffs. 
BS. They're both still going to play hard. They're both still going to go at it. I don't think those get the, sure the stakes don't mean as much, but like the games are still going to be good. Nobody's going to start trying less hard on rivalry weekend because of that playoff stuff. I, I, just, I just don't see that happening. And what we talk about, like college football, what separates college football from the NFL is the passion in these rivalries and these big games. And these head coaches are still defined by what they do in these big games, right? Like Jim Harbaugh can't just go out there and just say, well, I'm just going to punt on the Ohio State game. Right. Just lose to Ohio State because we're going to get ready for the playoffs, right? If, you, if you're if you talking about uh, like an NFL team or something down the stretch, if they have a playoff spot locked up or anything like that, they're going to start resting starters. The product is going to be less be- – you know – not as great you can't because do they're that, getting though. ready for the playoffs. In college happen. football, you can't do that, right? Like right. you have to steal. Because here's also here's the thing too: if if you were to lose that rivalry game and then lose your conference title game, oh yeah, I mean back to back losses, you're probably not in, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, you still have to approach it like on I have to win every game. And then, like you said, Ohio State is never going to go out there against Michigan and give less than 110 percent effort right. and vice versa. In any of these big games, and typically you see these bigger rivalry games towards the end of the year. And like I said, head coaches are still going to be, you know, judged on what they do in these rivalry games as opposed to what they do in a 12 team playoff. Because like we said, we still believe the creme de la creme, the top of the top, the Alabamas and the Georgias and then. You know, two is way down here. They're going to be where they're going to be. And so, like you said, I don't think it affects the regular season at all. I I think that these games are still going to be as competitive. And I don't think that the mantra that's be throwing out that you're you're sacrificing excellence for access is necessarily true. Drake, the people uh, too that are out there that are like, oh, I don't want to see Georgia beat Coastal Carolina by 40. I do. You're the psychopath. I do want to see that. That is so, it's college football and it shuts up the little schools, the UCFs that think they can win the national title. They get boat raced by 35. I like that. Give it to me every year. (laughs) Um, The next part of this we have to hit on is, you know, with, so we had the news of, of this, uh, the, the expansion. Um, we also have the news of the big 12 uh, with their in, entering negotiations for TV deals. And, and Jonathan, I actually have not been able to talk to you about, you know, Texas related stuff since then. It sounds like the door is now open for OU and Texas to leave a little bit earlier. Would you like to see that? Or do you still think Texas needs, you, you still want to kind of get like get a little more time in the Big 12 to get, kind of get themselves primed and ready to go, kind of help those recruiting classes along before you – because here's the thing. Like we saw it last year in the Arkansas game. Like Arkansas is not this top-tier SEC team, but like still there was a big they difference. They were that day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but at the, line of, at the line of scrimmage, there was a big difference, right? And we, and we have a year right now where Texas is playing two and maybe even three at times freshmen in the offensive line. So like – what do you want to see with the conference realignment piece kind of as we head? Because with the TV deal now and also with the college ball playoff, like that kind of – with the six AQs, that kind of guarantees the Big 12 now has value, right? If, if the Big 12 winner every year is going to be in the playoff, like it's kind of secure, which means the TV contract is going to be worth something, which means it's kind of time to start seeing Texas know you out and figure out the best way to get everybody in the right position – as we head forward. So do you want to see the early exit or do you want some more time to kind of foster the roster, get some more guys in all that stuff? Well, although, you know, playing in the big 12 may be a little bit easier than playing in the sec <laughs> where it just means more. Depending on you just, just, as, a, as a Missouri graduate, I know it just means so much more, man. It just, it means, just means, it, it just, just means, means more. more. Look, 
look, the, you know, the Big 12, they already know we're leaving. They know Texas and Oklahoma are leaving. They're salty. Mike Gundy is saying, you know, we did it for the money and, you know, <laughs> whatever. Look, we're salty. Look, I was, you know, I was texting a, a friend today and she was telling me that, look, she was uh, in a relationship. She's no longer in a relationship. But uh, that person had nowhere to go. And so, unfortunately, she's staying with her now. And you can imagine <laughs> how awkward that situation is. But right. look, it's the same situation. But Texas and Oklahoma, we have somewhere to go. So why right, are we right. still sitting around, right. you know, <laughs> like right, it's fair. waiting it's to go fair. into the SEC? We have somewhere to go. They know we're leaving. The Big 12 is already a little salty. Look, Baylor the one at uh, the, the conference in football. Uh, Kansas the one the conference in basketball. You don't need Texas and Oklahoma, right? Let us go. So, no. Nah, but on a serious note, it's <laughs> look, I would love for us to stay in, in the Big 12 and get a couple conference championships on the way out. But, you know, it's time to go to the SEC. Uh, Drake is somebody who's, you know, currently covering a big 12. Like, do you do? I mean, he brings up the Mike Gundy point. And I thought Mike Gundy kind of yeah. made a pretty good point. Like if, I mean, even if they're still in the league, like they shouldn't really be in the meetings about the future of the league. I mean, I know it might be irrelevant, but like, especially now the new commissioner, maybe there could be some relevant tactical things being talked about in that perspective. But just kind of, what do you want to see as, as the guy who covers the Baylor Bears? I am of a different school of thought than that even Mike Gundy really. It to me feels like Brett Yormark is not going to to back down from anybody. Uh and and having Texas and Oklahoma in those conversations is not something where those universities can step on the other Big 12 schools. I think it's so old at this point. This isn't a he said she said, let's make this dramatic. It's more of a okay, here are the top 2 schools in both marketing and revenue in the entire Big 12. What can we learn from them before they're out the door? You need to put in your 2 week severance and give us an idea of okay how do we move forward without you and how do we build our schools to have the same revenue that you do uh, brett brett your mark's a businessman this is not personal to him whatsoever it's personal to mike gundy it's personal to these other big 12 head coaches for your marketing company who, who cares they're leaving let's use those resources while we have them right now i don't mind texas or ou being in these meetings i don't think their vote really carries so much weight i don't think they want their votes to carry weight I don't think Texas is in meetings with the Big 12 trying to dominate the room. They couldn't care less. They're leaving. People are just trying to get their panties in a wad and build dramatic things and headlines out of nothing. Those two schools being in these meeting rooms, whether they are or they aren't, has zero effect on the everyday college football mm. fan. And most of these schools just don't really care by now. Hey, everyone. Quick word from our sponsors on today's show. We are brought to you by the good folks at LinkedIn. Fall's gearing up right now. You need to find people to help your team, to help your small business, big business, whatever it is, firing all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. You can create a job post in just minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every single week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. That's linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions do apply. Do you think the recent news though, kind of like the, with the, the television stuff and the CFP stuff makes it more inevitable they leave earlier they don't stay until 25 yeah oh it should i mean the revenue yeah. you, once you with the uptick in revenue at that point you're going to be making so much more money that it, money's not an issue it, not that it ever was and also, like, but it, they're, they're gonna have to pay on the way out too right i mean they're yeah, gonna have to yeah. you know there's there's money on the way on the way out and it's um, and it's not it's even less an, es an issue now than it was so just go at this point 
Right. Uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, John. <laughs> no, I was just saying say deuces. Bye. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say goodbye. All right, there you go. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, nice. All right. So your two teams uh, also, the reason that you guys are on really too, uh, your two teams play, play in what I think are two of the more compelling non-conference games of the entire season uh, f- for different reasons. So let's go to Jonathan first on this. All right. So Texas plays Alabama this week. Um, this one is, it's a helmet game. It is cool to see Texas play Alabama. I believe this was the first pick in the television draft. I think Fox had the first pick and they picked this game. They're putting the full weight of big noon Saturday behind it. But I just think out of all Jonathan, there's just a legitimate curiosity. Nobody thinks Texas is going to win, but just to see like this group up against an Alabama, I think just that there's, Maybe even call it morbid curiosity to see it happen. Yeah, I mean, obviously there's a lot of uh, uh, curiosity about this game. And, you know, Texas fans would love to hear that. They love bragging about how relevant we are, you know. So I <laughs> <laughs> love to hear that we were the first pick in the television draft, right? Yeah. Uh, I guess that's another offseason award. But, yeah. um, no, I mean, when you look at uh, – I don't know when you right. – um, when you, I mean, when you look at the game, yeah, it's very interesting. There's a lot of very interesting components. You have Sark, uh, Jeff Banks, and, and Kyle Flood, who all came from Alabama. And then you have uh, Jaleel Billings, Leah Jai Hall, and Keelan Robinson, who transferred from Alabama on the player side. And then uh, you have, you know, B. John Robinson, who's one of the best players in the country. But you have Quinn Ewers, who's one of the most talked about quarterbacks in the country. And this is only his second start, but his first real test with his first start coming against Louisiana Monroe. So there's a lot of very interesting, uh, you know, aspects to this game. And then you talked about it as a helmet game, two blue bloods in college football, uh, Alabama and Texas. And we know that the last time uh, they played was when Colt McCoy threw two passes in a national oh. championship game because he wanted to preserve his uh, storied backup NFL career y'all be still making money so shout out to him but um you know that's the last time they played and texas has been downhill since then and i think alabama's lost 17 games total since then so uh two complete different trajectories but it's going to be fun on saturday when texas matches up against alabama and dkr one thing to mention too is i mean the last two i mean saban lost to two former assistants last year which is really interesting but also like i mean sark has been very open i think i think chris lowe out of the espn but i mean he owes a lot of his I mean, Sark owes his career currently to, to Nick Saban, right? I mean, uh, you know, I'll never forget that when when Lane Kiffin took the FAU job and it was like, oh, my God, like see, poor Steve Sarkeesian has not coached anything. You know, he's been an analyst, whatever, but he has to go and call plays in Nash title game against, I think, was it was it Clemson? Was it, that was your plan? Uh, I think in that one. And it was just like, oh, my God, like what a really difficult situation for him to be put in. Um, but, you know, it's, I mean, I also feel bad, Jonathan, because like people kind of been taking some of the comments Sarkis made out of context about like the culture thing. And they're like, you know, you made the comment about the better culture in context. That comment was about like, I just hope we have a strong culture this week and our guys are not concerned about being individuals, but playing as a team, very much a Nick Saban idea. So I think some of the comments he's maybe been taken out of, have been taken out of uh, context. I also think like, for him, if I'm, he's probably the most nervous person about all of this, just because of all the stuff surrounding him. And this is an important game for him. And actually, I think there's a certain element like wanting to make Nick Saban proud and kind of almost justify the second chance that the greatest coach of all time gave him in some ways. 
Yeah, so, you know, I talked to, to Chris Gordy about it, and, and like you said, his comments where he said, you know, I think a strong culture can beat talent. Uh, you mm -hmm. know, I like just a lot of people made uh, waves about Kirby Smart saying that Dan Lanning will never say that Georgia has better players <laughs> than Oregon. So, do, funny. Right? so funny. So <laughs> right? funny. So I think, I, think, I think Steve Sarkeesian is just kind of stating the obvious, right? Like, obviously, Alabama has better players, but if we have a strong culture, we go into this game and believe we can win, stranger things have happened and then Chris Gordy talked about how he didn't love how Sark came out and basically said this game doesn't mean anything because we're trying to win the big 12 championship <laughs> and, you know I don't know if he was like conceded defeat or what you know but right. I think that you know ultimately I think Sark is going to put 110 percent of his resources into trying to win this game and I think that the player is going to be ready to to try to win this game so like you said I think a lot of being, being made out of his comments you know although they may have not been the best said, I, I think that he meant well by them. And, and then, like yeah. you said, you know, uh, Sark went to the coaching rehabilitation program at Alabama, you know, <laughs> right. And so, um, right. you know, maybe there's an element of, of wanting to, to make um, Nick Saban proud, but I really think it's just more about, you know, Sark is established as a play caller, but he's nowhere near established as a head coach, right? He's never won double digit games in a season. He's coming off of five wins at his first season at Texas. So I think more important than making, uh, Nick Saban proud is making Proving the people himself, that signed yeah. his checks proud, right? right. <laughs> you right. know, right. And, and making himself proud. And so I think he has a lot of expectations. You know, I've talked with John Garcia many times about this may be Sark's last big job if he can't figure it out at Texas. And so mm. he has to figure it out. And this is his chance to make a statement to the world on Saturday. So I think more than anything, as far as impressing Nick Saban, um, it's about showing the world that he's a capable head coach. And you do that by beating yeah. teams like Alabama. I think some of his comments also were based on the fact like he coached there. People like guys, he coached there. He knows what's there. He knows what they have. He knows what like like he knows what it means to start two freshmen on the line against these guys. I think that's why he made a comment about the Big Twelve title. Um, so maybe the you know the, obviously the most marquee maybe non-conference matchup anywhere right between that that Notre Dame Ohio State. Let's go now to my favorite non-conference game of the entire season: BYU hosts Baylor. This weekend, Drake Toll, in a game that is absolutely fascinating for so many reasons. It's a game we're going to start seeing on a yearly basis coming up here pretty soon, right? Or yeah. essentially a yearly basis. I mean, this there's a whole lot in the line here. I think for both these schools, look at BYU wants to to be the they had BYU has a schedule this year where if they were to somehow magically run the table, oh. they'd be a CFP team just because of how good the schedule is. If they want to have any chance of that, it has to be a game like this. And also, I think Baylor. Same thing. If they want to win, you know, potentially go to a CFP this year, they have to win this game too. But I think it's also a whole lot of discovery for Baylor, right? There's a whole lot of unknown. I think they played a good game against Albany. Still a whole lot of unknown and great place to prove it on a Saturday night in Provo, Utah. This is, it's weird to say in week two as well, but this is the difference for BYU in 11 and one or eight and four. This is the difference for Baylor in 11 and one and eight and four. Whoever wins this game is on a trajectory the rest of their season set up for success in a gauntlet of a schedule. Both these teams are going to play really daunting squads. BYU's old, like not just Oklahoma State old, they're oh, you're Mormon, you went on a two-year mission, now you're 24 years old. Like, I'm scouting out their backup running back. He's like 24 with a wife, <laughs> like a redshirt sophomore, and he's playing backup running back for BYU. It's like that. that that is the level of old they are. And Baylor's a squad with an offensive line returning four or five guys that they've got to play well on the road. Siaki Ika, who's from Utah, has got to play well on the road. Dave Aranda has coached with half the BYU staff. Jeff Grimes, OC, Eric Mateos, offensive line coach, 
were stolen from Kalani Sataki at BYU to come to Baylor. So many crossovers and storylines in this game that I'm struggling to keep up with it all this week. But the winner of this one is on a great path to have a lot of success late in the year, make a big bowl game. The loser could find themselves not squandering a, a solid season, but still falling to eight and four, despite not truly being an eight and four team. If you line up every game on a neutral site. So a lot at stake in this one. It's a 9 p.m. Central time game. Love that. Oh, brutally late. The place is going to be packed out in the mountains. Um, I will have had so many drinks, non-alcoholic to be but, exact, in Provo. But, but Drake, I have to say, as a Locked On Big 12 host, I like this as a potential preview of, of Big 12 after dark in the future, yeah. right? Like, oh. we've talked about the Pac-12 having that time slot so much. This is the chance the Big 12 to show what they can deliver with a future conference game at a 10 p.m. slot. That's a whole heck of a lot better than Wazoo and UCLA. Yeah, and then you wake up at you know 1 a.m. You're like, oh, no, the game's still on, which happens to yeah. me constantly. <laughs> it's a top 25 <laughs> game happening yeah. right now. That's, that's, <laughs> that's the deal here. Now it's a huge game, and it's going to put on display for, for the country. This is what the new Big 12 is. It's a huge brand game for Brett, Brett Yormark and company because yeah. this is not Texas, Oklahoma. This is going to be one of the bigger games each season if both these teams stay as good as they are. Another big part of this, too, is BYU ready to play in the Big 12. They got killed by Baylor last year. 38-24 really wasn't the true tale of that game either. Baylor just stomped on the neck in the second half, and Kalani Sataki said it in the postgame. They were bigger, faster, stronger. We couldn't do anything against that team. So how, how did, did they get bigger, faster, and stronger in the offseason enough to play in the Big 12? especially at home, like BYU. Here is your top 10 win on a platter at your place. Go take it. And if you don't, that's not good for you for the rest of this season. And if you're Baylor, this could this could skyrocket you to a 10-win season again. I think this is my thought. I think this, this game could be a loss for Baylor, but also yeah. the perfect learning loss that shows them like, okay, mm -hmm. We know what we have to fix, and now we can go and go on our bed. I mean, I think yeah. I think win or lose, it's a great opportunity for them. I'm so pumped. But guys, I, I just have to mention this generally to both of you all. Like, wire to wire this weekend, thanks to both of your all's teams, other teams as well. We have such a good Big 12 slate. We have Kansas State, Missouri going alongside with obviously Alabama, Texas happening at noon. We have Texas Tech and Houston. That one's happening, I believe, at like four o'clock. We have Iowa State versus Iowa. Obviously, a great trophy game happening there. It's happening, like I think, at the same time. We have got the first Big 12 game of the year. Kansas beat the hell out of somebody last week, and they're going to a wounded animal in West Virginia. They could be on the road making something happen there. We've got Oklahoma State ASU, and we have BYU. Like this is a this is a damn good slate. Y'all know how normally Week Two is like kind of the down week. Jonathan, let me tell you something, man. Our conference delivering in week two, all right? SEC, right here. Our conference, right here, delivering in week number two. The Big 12, where it just means Let's more. Go. It just means it just means a little bit more this week, apparently. This week, it just means more, except for Texas Alabama. That one just means more generally. But Drake, great slate this week. Yeah, you bottle it up. This is pristine. You're right. Week two is usually where your big games, like your Georgia, Oregon last week. Now, both of those teams will play at FCS school or somebody random. Right. But the Big 12 was like, screw that. We'll have two good weeks of games, except for Baylor, who played Albany last week, which was terrible, by the way. So right. now you get a, but they did score 69. Epic. Missing the extra nice. point, the final extra point. The nice. sixth year senior kicker, too. On purpose, 100%. Legendary guy. <laughs> And now you get a week two slate. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'll be on a, on a flight to Provo. This is the one weekend. I've never done this before. Never done this. Disclosing. Bought Wi-Fi on a plane. 
I'm going to do it this weekend because wow. there's so many good games on, especially Texas and Alabama. I think Texas, co- I have Texas covering at least the first half. Remember that 2019 LSU game? That LSU team won the national championship. Yeah, Texas awesome gave game. them all they could handle that season. Talk awesome to him, Draco. Talk to him. That was an awesome game. Watch out. They're going to fire me. Uh, I do not think they cover. I'll be honest. I think they have to win the turnover battle to cover, and they probably won't do that. So I, I, don't, I don't like the chances to do it. I'm sorry, Jonathan. Uh, all right. I'm not the one playing on Saturday. All right. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, time for plugs. Jonathan, where can people find you and your work and all of its variety? They can find me at Locked On Horns. That's the professional Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Johnzo Ball. That's the personal Twitter. And of course, you can find Locked On Longhorns wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Like, surprise, excuse me, like, subscribe, and support the channel. Thank you. Hook them. Drake. At Locked On Baylor on Twitter. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube, by the way. It's like 666 subscribers today. Can't have nice. that, guys. This is Baylor. We can't That's have the school. We can't actually, like, actually it's not nice for you all that for the Christians. Either somebody unsubscribe or like multiple people subscribe today, please. Uh, also <laughs> at Inside SI's Inside the Bears on Twitter as well or InsideTheBears.com. All kinds of Baylor coverage there. I will be in Provo this week uh, updating everyone on Baylor, BYU, Baptist, Mormons. Uh, all right. So I, that's great about the, the Christianity thing. Also, congratulations on your SI stuff now. Very proud of you for that. Thanks. Uh, yeah. We're getting you off. You're at 655. So I just put you at 656. So not a bad number to be at. Oh, all right. I just give you this up for the Locked On Big 12. You guys can find me on Twitter at LO Big 12. Find, find me personally at Josh Neighbors underscore. You guys can find us on YouTube. Just look up Locked On Big 12. Once again, help us reach. The subscriber, we're looking for 2,000 by the end of September. Also, if you guys want to make picks against us, uh, against the spread, go to CBS Sports today, look up Locked On Big 12 and their college sports pick them. And the password is Big 12, no spaces, no caps. And you guys can for free join our player pool once again called Locked On Big 12 is the group under CBS Sports College Football Pick them. It's in the fantasy category. Password is Big 12, B I G 1 2, no space, no caps. And you guys can play for prizes. Top three, top three people will get a prize pack courtesy of the folks here at Locked On. Had a great week last week. Uh, You guys, top three winners will be in line for a prize. Make sure you guys do that. Gentlemen, Drake, Jonathan, it was a pleasure. Talk to you guys very soon. And best of luck to both your teams this weekend. Second Bears.